Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, you know, um, I was going to show you this book. Uh-huh. This is a book I really, it's called Unseen Warfare, and I don't know if you can see from here, but the reason the reason why I, okay, there you go. The reason why I got this is because I thought that the, the guy who did this was Nicodemus of the Holy Mountain, <laughs> and then it was revised by Theophan the Recluse. I'm like, man, the guy lives on a mountain, and another dude named Recluse. I was about to say, was it Nicodemus so, of the Unholy Mountain, right. or like? <laughs> well, you know, for me, you know, being a, uh, a guy who likes, I'm a fanboy for Father, Desert Fathers. I sure. was like, okay, this is right up my alley. So, uh, if anyone wants to get dive deep into something like that, you know, that a lot of things we we try to protect our minds as much as we can, uh, but this kind of gives a a deeper sense of kind of like how to do so. And I figured, you know, it's one of those things we talk about that stuff all the time. Yeah. It's like how to become more virtuous, how to be, to, I guess, to become seeking yourself to be more holy every day. And, sure. and of course by education, reading is what helps you do that study of the scripture. Yeah, you learn from other people that have gone before you, right. you learn from the works of other folks. I mean, yeah, you're right. And, you know, I think Devaney has like some room that's locked yeah. in key that's like got like, books from the 1600s that Desert she only Father. lets you in. Right. She's like, Victor's here, hit the button on the wall, and the it's, secret right. bookstore opens up. It's like those like, those movies that where you go in with the key, and that's it has yeah. been used since the 1700s. It's like right. Gandalf comes out and hands right. you a book, and right. <laughs> so, starts salivating. I'm like, yes. No, man, I'm the same way. We read a lot of different stuff, but like right now, I'm reading The Fulfillment of All Desire with Ralph Martin. I mean, it's a huge book, but yeah. it's a really good book and certainly encourage people to do that you need to grow in your faith and as we said learn from other people and you know so that's one thing i always admire about you man you've always got some kind of new cool book or you know as birthday or christmas rolls around you're always giving me something that's that's Mm -hmm. got a lot of information and so dude that's something that's really cool that I, i appreciate about you and you know just glad to be back in here today um you know it's we've had a busy week uh had a lot of phone conversations this week with men around the country um you know, I've started doing some work collaborating with the CMLA, um, helping to start men's groups through their organization around the country, and had a great call with the men from the Pacific Northwest the other day, and uh, Alan and those guys, there are over 12 different dioceses through the CMLA uh, organization that they help men in those areas, and just the Lord's bringing us a lot of great opportunities to mm-hmm. go out and work in that area and other parts of the country to really just help men's groups get started. And you know, I say it all the time that that's what really the heart is of this ministry is is to go and start men's groups. We figured that out about a year and a half ago that you know it wasn't just about doing a podcast. It wasn't just about speaking at places. It's really about building fruit that lasts. And so, Victor, that's what we're doing. We're going all over the place. We're booking stuff right now. We've got some events coming up um, next weekend or this coming weekend, I should say. I'll be at St. James in McDonough, Georgia. Uh, we're going to be doing our Restored Parish Mission and starting a men's group there on January the 27th and 28th. So super excited for that. I'll be down around the Atlanta area this coming weekend. Then we have another one in Conway, Arkansas at St. Joseph's there, February 26th and 27th. That's a uh, Sunday and a Monday night. Same thing, going to be sharing uh, our Restored Parish Mission, starting a men's group there. And then finally, you know, the next event we have coming up, you know, I like to give it in threes, is March the 4th. I'll be going out to the Catholic Men's Fellowship event 
out in Phoenix at St. Paul, and they're going to be bringing all their men's leaders together so I can do that mission in front of everybody, share those talks, and then really meet a lot of these guys and then go into their parishes and do the same thing there, you know, and try to build something where there's nothing. We need ministry to men more now than ever, and there's just not a lot of things out there that are, that are helping people actually boots on the ground go in there and do it. You know, there's a lot of resources and content and all that stuff. But as we say all the time, if content was going to change the world, it already would have. We need people in there teaching other people how to do what they do, right? And giving structures and all those things to help men get going. So glad to be doing that over the next, you know, couple of months. Um, wanted to mention the pilgrimage to the Holy Land with Father Larry Richards. I'm so jacked up for that. It just it seems like it's just getting closer every day, and it is because yeah. that's how time works. Right. But <laughs> but uh, I'm just super excited. And they, and they called me the other day. It's almost sold out. We've got some spots left, but they're going quick. So if you've been on the fence, go ahead and go to our website or go to Select Travel and search my name. Pull up the the, the Holy Land trip and then go with us. Because we're just going to have a great time. Father Larry is looking forward to it. I am too. We're great friends. It's just going to be a super fun trip, walking in the footsteps of our Lord and just falling hopefully more in love with him and just having an experience we'll never forget in our life, right, while having good times with good people. And so join us. We're going to have a great time. Select Travel does everything amazing, you know, from everything that I've heard. They're top notch. I can't wait to go and experience that myself and to really just help other people and myself come into a deeper relationship with our Lord by going into the place that he grew and lived and walked and preached and served and changed the world. So last thing I want to say is thank you to those who've been donating. You know, the last few episodes, we've really been open and talking about the needs of the ministry. You know, we're getting busier and busier and I can't do it all myself, right? These, these missions and all these things. So we're looking to hire other people. And, and, uh, of course those things take finances while the, while the missions bring in revenue and the merchandise and all those things help, um, you know, what really helps is that consistent monthly donation that we know we have from people that allows us to say, Hey, this month we're going to take time off to work on this or leader training. We can't travel. And in those months, those donations really help. So we're, you know, putting it out there again, hat in hand, if you will, that, uh, we need, we need support. We're looking for folks to give 25, 50, a hundred dollars, two fifty, five hundred, a thousand dollars a month, whatever the Lord moves you to give on a regular consistent basis, because it allows us to know what we're working with and what we have to be able to use to grow the ministry. And the cool thing about it is it becomes your ministry that way, right? We're not looking for just, you know, people that are, are, are patrons of the ministry, if you will, just like, I'm going to send you a mug or something, you know, if you give me a little bit of money, we're looking for people who want to partner in helping men become better men, right? We want you to realize that this is now your ministry when you give in that way and that you can claim and know and feel good about the fact that you're helping to with ministry to men all over the country, that you're helping to build things where there's nothing. And look, when we help men, we help everything, right? We help fight uh, you know, abortion. We help fight the needy. We help fight, uh, not fight the needy, but serve the needy in a better way because men are out there living that way, right? There's so many things that we help, uh, including our church, our parishes, our families, everything, when men are being raised up. So please consider giving to us. You can do that and become, and you can become a monthly donor by going to donorbox.org slash pew. Um, you can do that there, or you can go to justagotonthepew.com go to the donate button there. But I thank you guys for always listening to that. Thank you for uh, for those that have given, that are giving on a regular basis monthly. And thank you to those that are considering to give. We hope that you will do so. So thanks for that, guys. You know, Victor, you mentioned, you know, um, a lot of things going on in the last couple of weeks. And, 
And it has, you know, we've had a great time with Seek. And then, man, I've just been on the phone every day talking to parishes and talking to men's organizations. And it's starting to get around that we're really, you know, helping get these things going around the country. And, and you know, the podcast has been listened to more and more and more. I don't know if that's because we were in front of 17,000 people at Seek or people are just, you know, the topics we've been, you know, putting out or people are searching and finding us. I don't know. But um, it's all through God's grace, right, right. of course, and, and through his mercy. But um, I, I had an email pop up the other day, and it was from a uh, young college student. His name was Kale, and, and I asked him if I could share this, you know, before obviously I did. But he reached out, and he just, you know, he started off with this long email just saying, hey, I found your podcast. I've been listening to it now, you know, going back and listening to all these episodes, and it's really helping me. And, you know, I, I've just, he said, I'm just really moved and inspired by, you know, how you're going in, and, and even though you don't have a degree and you don't have all this training and, you know, you, you've had to learn through your life experiences, you're, you're able to go in and help start these groups and help people. And, you know, I just would like to know if you had time, if you could just send me some answers on things. Like, I've got questions about, like, how do you deal with the thoughts in your head that you're not the right guy, that you're not worthy, all those things? How do you deal with um, just the fact that other people may say you're not the right guy and people tear you down? Yeah, you know, How do you deal with all this stuff? And so, you know... Victor, I've been praying, as I said a couple episodes ago, about like helping the people that are right in front of me, whether it's here in Memphis or somebody reaches out like that. And so, yeah, I could have sent him some blanket, you know, oh, here's a couple of answers. See you later. Thanks for listening. But no, I just felt like I'm going to send this kid, this guy a, a Zoom link and I'll spend some time with him. So Wednesday night before a men's group, you know, I sent them, I'd sent them the link. He scheduled a time. And so we met at 430 Wednesday. And, you know, it, it, it's a lot of things that I hear a lot, you know, he said he was feeling called to work with youth, first of all, because there was a void in his area and he wanted them to have a better experience than he did. He was a convert and he said, man, look, like I didn't have some awesome upbringing in the faith. You know, there wasn't a lot for me. There was a void there. And, and he said, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm a second, you know, I got two years left in college. I got a fiance. And of course I got other things I need to focus on, but like this, this, this thought just keeps permeating, right? It just keeps coming to me in my prayer. And when I'm at mass and, just all, all out, you know, facets of my day. And uh, he said, I just feel like the Lord's calling me to fill it. And I know that feeling, right? You know that feeling. You were once, you know, on pace to, to be a minister in a, in a Protestant church, right? Like, we both know that feeling. We, we know that feeling to continue to keep coming in here every week to do this. And, and we also know the other side of what he's talking about. And I'll get into some more of what he actually said with that. But, you know, he said, I, I feel like the Lord's calling me to fill this void. But basically... This is the other thing he said, which I've heard so many people say, is I think that the Lord is calling to me this, but, right? And I hear that from guys all over. You know, we have monthly calls of our community, and I'm talking to guys about starting men's groups, and I hear this from them. I hear it in my own soul whenever I'm going to try something new in this ministry. It's like, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know, but I think it's a good idea, but this. And that but is always what keeps us from becoming the person or doing the things that God wants us to do. And I think this is one reason why men's groups don't get started, why youth groups don't get started, why people that are lay people that feel that call from the Lord start shoving it down because they simply believe the wrong thoughts. They believe the wrong voice in their life mm-hmm. instead of listening to God. Well, kind of like what you used to talk about earlier about our group. You know, our group started five years ago, really. Yeah. It started in a room of guys coming together. Seven years ago. Seven yeah. years ago, yeah. yeah. So, uh, again, it goes quick. Sure. Um, we all knew that there was something lacking in our lives, whether it was spiritual or just uh, an uncertainty of what to do in life, you know. And and we created a, a platform that is shared by many men and women in this world. 
to where you get to a certain place, you do all the incremental process to get to where you are, you get married, you have kids or whatever, or you stay single, whatever, but there's something that you feel a void in, yeah. you know, and sometimes we, we push it aside saying, well, I don't have time for that. Well, the platform we created was like, we, we're all guys trying to figure out how to be better than we know we can be, you know, like we, we know we can be better. Sure. Why, what's preventing us from being better? Why are we, why are we so, why are we struggling in our faith? Why are we not being men of virtue when we want to be? And so we all identify that we're not an anomaly. I mean, it happens all over the place. Sure. And so when you come together as a, as a group of accountability to help each other, help a brother, help a sister, get to that point to where they, they feel uh, secure in their faith, but also like they're improving in their relationships throughout the board. And, and for, for young men and women, you, like they said, they're in that process where they've incrementally graduated high school, went to college or got a job, whatever, and they're doing the things that they always thought they had to. Yeah, they're after checking that, that box, yeah. After that, you're like, no one fills in the, the blanks bef- before you're like, you know, you're a grandparent, you know? It's like sure. this whole gray area. And so the, he's trying to figure out what to do now. And, and we all know that, you know, when you come together in a, a group that has like-minded shared beliefs, then, then you feel a sense of a community. Sure. And there's so many of us out there that aren't a part of a community. Right. And that's why we're going around, you know, especially you going around and establishing these men's groups to where they become better husbands, you know, better fathers, better people at their work. You know, they become more secure in their faith and they understand what that yes is. Because sure. a lot of it, like like him, he's still trying to identify what's, what's that yes that I have to do that. I feel a calling the Holy Spirit stirring something up in me. I don't know how to do it. I don't think I have the capability of doing it. We've all felt that. But you just have to say yes, like a blessed mother did. And know that everything will be provided for you in that process. Right. And it's it's just that crossroads we come to when we realize there's something more, right? Mm-hmm. Something more than ourselves and something more than our job and something more than our possessions and and something more than just everyday life, right? That we're created for a purpose. And, you know, we talk about that on the road all the time. And you know, I just I named this episode today so you don't feel worthy, huh? Because you're not alone in that, right? And that's what I told him. Like I really I didn't know what we were gonna do this week with an episode. And as I was talking to him, I was like, man, I'm going to do a podcast on this if you're okay with it. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah, like the stuff that's like, this is what I want to do. I want to pour into people, right? And pour into people and say, look, yeah, I've been here. And that's mm-hmm. what the faith, our faith life is about, is reaching back. Like we we move forward, but we never forget to turn back and look at those that haven't progressed to where we are or haven't moved along or haven't come to that time in their life yet. And you turn around and you stick that hand back and you say, come on. I'm going to help you. I know there's a there's a chasm here, right? There's there's a there's a uh, a, a canyon here that that's scary, and, and you don't feel like jumping across it. You don't know you might fall, you might this, you might not make it. You know what if you you, you don't want to leave the other stuff that was on the side where you were kind of happy and all those things. But there's so much more on the other side, and what we really have to do as Christians and 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 as disciples of Jesus is always help people make that leap and and, and to trust God in a different way. So. I think we have to start today by addressing some of the things that he said to me in the conversation because I think there's so many people out here right now that maybe listen is going, okay, well, th- yes, this is where I am, so talk a little bit more about it. And you know, one of the first things he said to me was, "I'm not sure I'm the right guy." And you know, and I was sitting there, and and all of a sudden, out of my mouth, before I even knew I said it, I go, "You know what? Like, you don't get to tell God what He made you for. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't like." God knows what he made you for. He knew he had a plan for your life before he ever breathed you into existence, right? Before he ever loved you into existence. And so our life is spent for the most part trying to figure out what that is. There is a plan. What is it? What's my role in it? How do I 
How do I live a life of joy and, and, and of living a life that Christ calls me to? It's by figuring out what we were made for and what we're called to do. And so that's what I told him. I was like, God already knows that. So, yeah, you may not be sure you're the right guy, but that doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter what, it, you know, like the rock you say, it doesn't matter what you think. Like, yeah. I don't mean to be harsh, but it really, that's the kind of thing we have to remind ourselves is half the time that's not really us that's thinking that. It's, it's, it's the evil one, right? Like, well, you're not the right guy. Yeah. You're right. I'm not the right guy. Well, I shouldn't do this. He knows what you're capable of, and he's trying to talk you out of it. Right. You know? He's sitting there, you yeah. know, pouring, putting a hair on your tongue, if right. you will, from a line from Seinfeld, right? So it's just we have to get past that part and realize that, like, look, okay, you may not think you're the right guy, but the Lord does. You know, the Lord does. He knows because he made you to serve him. So you look at that, and, and another thing he said is, I don't know enough about our faith. Right? And that's a common thing. We think, well, okay, I feel like I'm help, I'm supposed to help with men or women or or with youth or maybe I'm supposed to be I'm called to be a priest, but I just don't know enough. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a convert and I was a convert. You were a convert. So there's a point in our life where we know what we came from, but here's this whole new vastness of the Catholic Church and the beauty of it. It's like kicking open the doors to Fort Knox and you walk in, you're like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. when am I, how am I ever going to know all this? How am I ever going to figure all this out? How am I going to quote the church fathers and know everything, apologetical argument? And how am I going to, you know, be able to recite scripture? And the thing is, you may never know any of that. But if you've encountered Christ and you believe in what he's told you and you believe that, that he's going to do the things through you that, that he said he's going to do, then you just have to rest in that. And so, you know, you look at it in, in, in Matthew uh, ten nineteen, Jesus says to the apostles, right, to the very people that walked with him, that, that were healing people, that were seeing things done through, their, through the power of God and the grace of God through their hands, which they couldn't even believe. And Jesus says, do not worry about how you're to speak or what you're to say. For what you were to say will be given to you at that time. Matthew ten nineteen. People ask me all the time, Victor, how do you get up there? A lot of times you don't have notes. And I'm like, I feel like I want to vomit. Mm-hmm. I say, Jesus, I trust in you 33 times. I say, Jesus, um, I surrender 33 times. I say, let them see you and not me. Let them hear you and not me. And then I walk up there and I, I put my money where my mouth is, right. which is hard to do. And I just say, look, I have a basic idea of what you want me to say, but you're going to have to be the one that does it. Right. When, right. So speak through me. And when, when I was in doing pulpit supply before I became Catholic, I did the same thing is I do not let me be an impediment to your word yeah. or to the movement of your spirit, because we're so very good at getting in the way of God because we think we know better what to do sometimes. Yeah. You know, especially my, my older self, you know, and we, like you said, being capable of knowing that you need help, you reach out. He is looking for something, you know, and it's just the the courage to say yes, John. As you know, yeah, it takes a lot to kind of to speak it. Sure, because you you know that there's going to be some things you're not going to be comfortable with. Like for us, we we consider ourselves as we are not theologians. We are a platform that bring men and women back into the church that have been lost, or to give them some encouragement to, to find that you're not alone in your struggles. And then when they get a solid com- uh, food or whatever spiritual food. We are always saying, you know, we are we are only capable of kind of telling you exactly what we know. Sure. There's other people that are more gifted than us out there that you can listen to as well. Yeah. You know, I said we are we are just part of the whole spectrum of the faith, the church, and and we appreciate everyone that supports us and listens to us because we know we we are out of our depth sometimes. At least I sure. I know that I am, and and we've been there. We well, know that's where exactly. You depend on on God's right. grace, right? We that's know where you we've been there. That. Yeah. Well, and you know, another thing he said to me was, you know, I, I don't know scripture like you do. Yeah. You know, that's what he said like to me. I don't know scripture like you do, and 
And look, it's not like I sit there and somebody says, you know, what is Hebrews, you know, 14, 3? And I'm just like, well, that says this. I mean, I'm yeah. not Dr. Hahn. I'm not Dr. Craft or some of these people that, that just are amazing a at this sort of stuff. Church, yeah. Right? But what I do know is that God gives you the right verse at the mm-hmm. right time if you're familiar with Scripture. And that's why we need to be in our Word and we need to be reading Scripture beyond just when we go to Mass, right? We just need to be in the Word because it soaks in and, and God pulls these things that you don't even remember out in the times that you need them, right? Because He's not going to leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Look, Peter, I was thinking about Peter. I mean, Peter never preached a sermon or converted a soul in the New Testament until he walked out of the upper room at Pentecost, right? Like, he didn't sit out there and go, okay, I'm going to walk out here and give a sermon because I've done it 18 million times. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he went out and he preached the Word of God and what he knew to be the truth, the the charisma that he gave his testimony, all those things, and what he had seen and heard. And thousands of people were converted that day, not because he was practiced at it, Mm -hmm. not because he'd done it a million times, but because the Lord moved him to do it, and it didn't matter what his skill set was, he had the Holy Spirit within him, and he went out there and he answered the call and trusted in God to do what he could not, right? And that's what we have to do in our own faith life, whether it's in a conversation with one person or it's a call to maybe be a youth minister like this young man, Kale, or to go out and to speak to men the way that we do. We have to to understand this and to believe in that and and to really say, like, it's not about my own worth. And, and you know, another thing he said was, I'm still broken and I still struggle. And, and, you know, again, Peter, you know, Peter didn't, Peter was, you know, what did he say when he, when he got out of the boat, get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man, right? Like I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy of this, right? I'm broken. If you knew what I've done, all of those things that we all feel when Jesus, when we feel that ping, you're like, really, you're calling me like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're supposed to be God. Have you not checked my resume? I haven't been a perfect person. I've sinned a ton. Like, did you see what I did yesterday? And you want me? And and, and it, it, Jesus knows all that, but yet he still calls us. And, and you know, you look at Peter with all those things and, you know, not all these guys that were apostles, like the ones that Jesus surrounded himself, surrounded, surrounded himself, is that a word? Yeah. Surrounded himself with were, had all been like walking with a rabbi every day of their life, you know, but yet he still chose them. And, and, and that's the thing. Like the other thing that he said is, I don't think I'm worthy enough to serve. Well, you know, there's a guy right here on the table named Paul, mm-hmm. St. Paul, who is the patron saint of this ministry. And, you know, when you read 1 Corinthians 15, 9, Victor, he says, For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Right? So what is Paul saying there? Like, I am, don't even call me an apostle, right? I'm not, a, I'm not fit to be called an apostle I, because, I, because of this, right? For him, he killed Christians. He stood over and watched them stone Stephen, mm-hmm. right? Like he he was just chasing people down and murdering them because of what they believed. And he's saying, this is why I don't, that I, I, I'm i not worthy to be an apostle. We all face that. This is one of the guy, this is the guy who penned more of the New Testament than anyone else. Besides Jesus Christ, probably the greatest evangelist that ever lived. And yet here he is saying, I'm not worthy. But look at what he was able to accomplish. Because Paul started to understand it wasn't about his worth. Because that very next verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, he says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me has not been in vain. Right? I didn't waste it. I understand it's not about me. And that it's his grace that allows me to do what he's calling me to do. And it's the same thing that will allow Kale or you or me or anybody else to do it. If we don't let it be in vain. If we simply trust in him. 
And so he says, on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Yes, we have to work at our craft. We have to perfect and work as hard as we can to show up and be prepared for what God wants for us. But we still have to trust him. He says, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. This is St. Paul who knew he didn't deserve it, knew he wasn't worthy enough, but yet here he was still saying, but I'm able to do these things because of God's grace. And that's something that we have to remember in this is, and look at these people that have gone before us to your point before, is look, yeah, how many, where would we be in the church if people simply just said, I'm not ready, I'm not worthy, I'm broken, and so I'm not going to do this, right? If they hadn't just eventually given in and said, Lord, you're calling me this, you, you constantly put this in my mind and in front of my windshield, if you will, and I can't get away from it. And so I'm going to finally look into this. And God bless the people that have had that courage because you and I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for that. Well, encouragement is is something that always helps us to get past the next phase of our lives or whatever, you know, whatever we have planned that we're struggling with, we get through it, you know, use it for support or whatever, our faith or prayer. But the thing is also what you're, you're pinpoint on is like scripture is full as well as our history of the church full of people who found themselves thinking unworthy yeah unable to be uh, a really a viable tool for god's message or his word but yet you know god used them in a, such as um, amazing tapestry of work sure that they not only did they influence multiple to multiple of other people it continued down the road to where now we have all these church fathers and all these saints who who felt the same way, and like I said, we're no different from them sure. in the sense of trying to figure out where we fit in and in, in God's will or God's plan for us. You know, it's just that we have to realize that, like you said before, that we don't know. We can't tell God we know better than Him. Yeah, sure. Right? And then we get that that's hubris, right? And then we think that we can we can do whatever we want to do, and then all all of a sudden we dissect ourselves from sure. life of of the church, um, and it's okay to, to make a, a list of, of, you know, pro and cons, right? Sure. Because, I mean, that's how we well, all you discern, we measure. Yeah. We discernment is fine. Um, but the thing is, if you're wanting joy, if you're wanting happiness, if you want fulfillment in life, you know, by saying yes is the first way to start. Yeah. And, and you have to. Yeah. You have to take that first step. And, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I look back at, like, St. Joseph. I mean, what did he feel? Oh, by the way, you're going to be, you know, the, the, the father of the son of God, right? You're gonna you're gonna have to raise the son of God. I guarantee you, he didn't feel worthy. Right. I guarantee you, he was like, "Why me?" Right? Or or why? You know, I, I'm not prepared for this. I mean, I think about the way when when I was you know getting married with Angela. I mean, I remember how nervous I was. I was like, I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to put somebody else first. I don't know. And I was very terrible at it in the beginning. And she's in here and could give you a whole mm-hmm. list of how. But like, I didn't feel worthy, and I didn't know what I was doing when when we had children. Like, we had Jacob. I don't, I don't know. Like, I've never changed a diaper. I don't know what the, these things eat. Like, I don't know. Like, right. you know, like I don't know what to do with any of this. And then we had twins, and it's like, what do you do with that? And but but you just you don't know how. You don't have to know how to do it. You just have to be willing to learn and willing to listen and willing to follow. And and so that's what we need to focus on here because you know it, it's our brokenness is not. The thing that should stop us from moving forward in our faith. Right. It's exactly the thing that qualifies us for Jesus to call us, right? And, and we've said that a million times. Jesus doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. But it's our brokenness, right? Those are the people he looked at, the tax collectors, the fishermen, the the, the sinners, the murderers, right? Those are the people that he used. And, and, you know, if you look at the people he didn't use, 
you can look at the Pharisees, right? Like we, there's a whole part in scripture where Jesus for like, it seems like for three days is going, you brood of vipers, yeah. you hypocrites. Like for when we get to that part of the readings in the church, it's like every day, you hypocrites. Why? Why was Jesus so angry at the Pharisees? Because the Pharisees had more than anybody, more learning, more wealth, more money, more prestige, more power. But what did they spend their time doing? Not looking at their own brokenness and offering it to God and saying, use me in spite of it but pointing out the brokenness in everyone else, right? Judging everyone else, spending their time doing that, pointing at the, at the, at the splinter in, in, their, in somebody else's eye instead of looking at the beam in their eye, not as an impediment, but as a way to grow in holiness and as a way to be a better vessel for our Lord. And so Jesus was angry because he's like, you, you, you have everything, right? right? And you're not helping. And That's you're not helping yeah. people. Like you, you, you won't admit your own brokenness. Right, and that's exactly what I need to be able to help other people is your brokenness. Because the thing is, Victor, like your willingness to serve in your brokenness gives courage to other people to serve in theirs. Right, that's the thing. Like when people come up to me, and I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional, but like I give my testimony and, I, and I'm pouring my heart out, and I'm scared to death because like I'm just sharing all my brokenness and and my imperfections, and I'm opening up basically my my everything. I'm standing there naked saying, like, here I am and all of my wounds and my imperfections and, and, and the things that I hate about myself sometimes and all those things. And yet every single time somebody comes up and says, this has given me courage, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is letting me know now that I can do what God's been calling me to do for a long time because I can simply look at what he's done with you. You were a mess too. You're still a mess sometimes. But God wants to live in that and use that. And so, yeah, you don't feel worthy, so what? It isn't about how you feel. Feelings aren't what it's about. It's about the truth. And the truth is God made each and every one of us to serve him in a unique way. And he didn't give you everything you needed at the time, right? Maybe he didn't. I mean, he gave you gifts, but it's up to us to figure out those gifts, to activate them, to believe that we have them, and to believe that we could do what he says we can do. This is what it's about. So you guys that are out here or women or, or children, whoever's listening to this in your car or in the gym or cutting the grass or whatever you may be right now, it's not about what you think or what about you feel. It's not about that. It's about what God is calling you to do and believing that it is your brokenness that qualifies you. It is exactly what he wants to, you to use to bring people to him because that's a great story. Right? That's a great story. Someone who was nowhere near him, nowhere near a life of holiness and virtue and a, a life of helping other people or getting out of oneself or serving one another. But yet those are the very people that become the greatest beacons of, his, of what he can do in your life. That's what he uses to call people to him. Look at where they were and look at where they are now. And yes, that is possible for you. But you have to believe it. And you have to be willing to trust. So Victor, like I want to I want to talk about that as we come to a close here really quick is is, is this idea of how to, right? So we need to understand it's God's grace, as St. Paul said, that allows us to do what we can't, first off. So stop saying, I can't because of this, and start saying, I can because God gives me his grace, right? Because I'm the least of the apostles, I'm unfit to be called I'm, because I did all this. Be away with that verse and start listening to this verse. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Right? Another thing that, that Jesus tells us, or not Jesus, but Paul tells us in Ephesians 2.10 is, For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand to be our way of life. God has prepared you for this. Right? And 
And this is what he made you for. You're created in Jesus for these good works. So start to believe it so that you, you, that you can go and live this way of life that he's called you to. So that's the first thing. The second thing is in order to receive grace, we need a strong prayer life. Right? If you need, if you want God's grace to pull her into your life, then you need to be praying. You need to be speaking to him every day. You need to be asking for that grace. And then we need to be receiving the sacraments on a regular and consistent basis, right? Going to confession to receive that mercy and that grace and clearing the palate each and every time we need to, you know, we need to be walking with others. We need to be going every day to mass and taking our Lord into the Eucharist if it's earthly possible for you, right? You know, we need to be going definitely on Sunday. We need to be pouring into our marriages and the grace that comes from the sacrament of marriage. We have all of these things. We need to, to reflect back on our confirmation, our baptism, and believe that we receive the Holy Spirit and receive the grace that comes from that. We need to discern the call, Victor. Like, what does that mean? So, okay, I'm feeling like God's putting something in front of me. Like, Kale, I, this is all the time bothering me. This is all the time in the back of my mind. It's all I think about, right? Those are some of the things he said to me then we need to discern the call. What is this? Where's it coming from? Is this something that moves my heart? Does it stir me? What is God really saying it to me? What is he asking me of this, you know, of this of me? So we need to discern that. And the best way to do that is to seek direction. Like if you don't have a spiritual director in your life, go and, go and find one. Go and ask a priest, hey, I'm getting this call in my life. There's this tug on my heart that won't go away and it's annoying and it won't stop. And this is what I feel God is calling me to do. And I've been praying about it. Or I've been reading about it, right? Go, if you want to be a youth minister like, like, like Kale, go find a youth minister and spend time with them and tell them what's on your heart and ask them, how did you know this was for you? How did you know this was the call? If your guy wants to start a men's group, send me an email. I'll talk to you about it, right? Set up a call with us. I'll talk to you about it. Go speak to other men that you know have led other men. But go in and speak to others that have done this before you because that's how you're going to find out how they felt they were called. It's going to help you in your discernment and in your call to serve. Another thing, we need to trust that God knows better than we do, Victor. That's what we said earlier in the podcast is, you know what? I'm feeling this way again in the words of the rock. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you know. It matters that you trust God and that you're discerning what he wants and believing in what he's calling you to do and believing you can do it not because of who you are but because of who he is. Lastly, we need to remember that faith is about truth instead of feelings, man. That God made us all for a reason. He gave us gifts and he waits for us to figure them out and then get in the game and use them to help bring other people to him. So, Victor, this is obviously something that's near and dear to my heart because I know how much of a struggle it is. Guys that you're out there, women that are out there, whoever's listening to this, the devil is always going to stand in your way and he's always going to give you the butts and he's always going to say, so you don't feel worthy, huh? You're right, you're not. But the truth is you are because God deems you worthy. It has nothing to do about what you've earned, how the way you've lived your life, any of that stuff. It has to do with the fact that he created you for a purpose and you have to start believing that in your life. You have to start trusting in him instead of yourself and the other voices in your life. And then you have to simply start taking those steps towards whatever it is he's calling you to, giving yourself completely to him, pouring yourself into things that pour grace into you through him and his mercy, and then believing you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you that can allow you to do all things. So my brothers and sisters and those listening, please take these steps. If God is calling you to something, the world needs you now. People in your parish need you now. The people around you need you now. Your family needs you now. So please, please put trust in him and give it a chance and walk out on a ledge and take that step and do what he's asked you to do. So, Victor, let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you call us to so many things, and yet we feel so worthy to do those things. But, Father, it's not about us, but it's about your grace, your mercy, your spirit, and what you can do through us. 
So Lord, as we all sit here and we ponder now the things that you're calling to us, us to in our life, help us to remember that it's about you and not us. And Lord, even though we may be, be scared, we may not think that we have the things that we need to have in our life that allow us to do what you called us to do. Let us always remember that it's not about us, it's about you. And that we're worthy simply because you have called us to be worthy and to serve for you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.